tell you what. I'll tell you what. What a fucking riveting first round that was. I thought it was going to be the woke. I'm sitting here like, you know, where are my fantasy players going to go off? When can I start talking about Brees Hall? Malik Willis to Detroit at two? Wrong. Thought it was going to be the most boring fucking first round ever. No one knows the backup center from fucking Iowa. We don't know those guys. We don't get excited about a defensive lineman that plays two downs, that played in the ACC at pick 24. But good Lord, last night did not disappoint. We had trades. We had like 42 trades. We had trades happening that had nothing to do with the actual draft themselves. A.J. Brown moving to Philly. Hollywood Brown moving to Arizona. The Browns are on the move. We had trades in the draft. We had six wide receivers going to the top 20 picks. We had one quarterback picketed at number 20 to Pittsburgh. We're about to break it all down. The six wide receivers that went off the board, Mr. Kenny Pickett, how we rank them right now in rookie super flex drafts, the overall impact, you know, winners and losers from round one, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, Jalen Hurts, Hollywood Brown, Rashad, the God, Bateman, Rondell Moore, Kyler Murray, all of it. We're about to get into it. I know we got to tuck our shirts in first, though. How we doing? Everybody enjoy the draft? Y'all have a fun one? I'm high as fuck. Shout out you. Everybody stinks. I ain't smelling much better either. Cold intro. Cold isn't good or bad. London is walking into 130 targets. Tell you what, I don't know if Mario was going to throw the ball 130 times this year. Titans simply didn't want to pay AJB. Yeah, listen, you're in the uh, you're in a billion dollar business. You better get ready to fucking pay people. You're worth $7 billion? Pay somebody something. Pay the best fucking player on your team money. That's how the NFL runs, my friend. Glucose, welcome bike. Love it. We love it. Where's Brees going? I don't know, bro. I don't think there's going to be a running back picked in this entire NFL draft. That's the way it's shaping up to be. Brees Hall going to end up being the 304. Burks is not an AJ replacement. I happen to agree with you, actually. All right, let's take it from the top. The first offensive player off the board, Mr. Drake London. Eighth pick to Atlanta. Now, you may or may not know. You probably don't give a fuck, but I'm a Falcons fan. That was supposed to be our pride and joy wide receiver right there. Calvin Ridley, sigged up. In the bike, my videos, he gone. Julio, he gone. We don't have any wide receivers. We needed to take one. The, honestly, this was, I guess this was best case scenario because there wasn't, there wasn't any, like, okay, so last year we took Kyle Pitts, right? And like, I, I'm happy having him on our team right now, but I would have preferred us to have taken a quarterback. Last year was a strong quarterback class. Like, I would have rather have gone with 
Justin Fields at four than Kyle Pitts, just based on the prospect value. This time around, there really wasn't a uh, there really wasn't a clear pick that would have made me happy. I did want Malik Willis, and he, we could still get Malik Willis, but with with Drake London, you know, I'm, I'm sitting out here like a Falcons fan. I'm just you know, you kind of got to just mumble to yourself like you, you can't you can't go broke. By, by taking a profit here. That's the way I'm looking at Drake London. We take a really good football player. And when you're rebuilding as a team, that that's really what you got to do. You just got to start stacking up hits together in the draft. And eventually you'll have a competing roster. Right? So that's what we did. We started off with a hit. Drake London, ball player, ball player. All right. He slots in as the immediate wide receiver one in Atlanta. The dude is just 20 years old. So when him and Kyle Pitts are going to get acquainted acquainted after practice, they're going to the fucking mall. They're not going to the bar. They're not going out for drinks. They're going to have their moms drop them off by the footlocker. It's pretty crazy. So he's 20. Kyle Pitts barely 21. Now, obviously, the quarterback situation very much up in the air in Atlanta. It's Marcus Mariota. But luckily for London, he performs best. When the situations are up in the air, when it's a, when he's under duress, it's going to be under duress with Mariota quarterback. He, he's going to win with or without a winner under center is the point I'm trying to get across. Look at the current depth chart of the Atlanta Falcons. Hard, hard to be proud of, of being a Falcons fan right now. That's what I'll say. Auden Tate, Demir Bird, Zacchaeus. Like those are literally our top three guys. And now... London becomes just like you take the talent of the next five guys on our team, combine them, whatever their Madden overall rating is, like combine the ratings and you get Drake London. So they're all probably like a 24. Put them all together. We have like 77 as Drake London in Madden. Easily the best outside weapon on our team right now. You know, it gives him both immediate intrigue in both you know redraft and dynasty of course um because the target totals he's going to see as a rookie are going to be very very high the target share is probably going to be 23 percent now maybe that doesn't sound that high but for a rookie that's a really really high number it's not going to be that high volume because it's Mariota. they're not going to pass the ball a ton but london slots in in a place where you can get volume immediately and a lot of rookies tend to struggle to rip off high efficiency but that won't matter because, you know, when you're playing fantasy, you're trying to predict two things. Volume and or efficiency. Okay? That is what equates to fantasy points. Volume and or efficiency. If you get both of them, you're a really good fantasy player. If you get neither of them, you're a bad fantasy player. You could do one and be good or do the other and be good. We already know that London's volume is going to be there. So we don't need to worry that much about efficiency. Okay? So Drake London slots in right now. I, if I was re-ranking all of my, um, all of my, did my fucking notes not save on here? If I was re-ranking all of the picks from last night, we have Drake London. Right after him, we had Garrett Wilson go off the board. Right after him, we had... Chris Olave. Okay, sorry. Let me refocus real quick. I'm going to do my rankings in real time as the draft is happening. So right now, my rankings consist of seven players. And Drake London 
as the first wide receiver off the board is my 101 as of right now. He's my wide receiver one. He's my 101 in super flex leagues. We'll see what happens with Brees Hall. We'll see what happens in the second round. But with Malik Willis dropping out of the first round, you can't put him at the 102. You can't argue him at the 101 right now. With Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker, you know, we we probably thought they were going to be second round picks. We'll see where they end up landing. I think it would take a really poor landing spot for Brees Hall not to be the 101. But for right now, we'll have London there at the 101. You know, it's a, it's a tough sell, obviously, with, with Marcus Mariota. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. At quarterback, but if you look at any of the top guys, like there's no sure thing at quarterback for any of those guys because we have Garrett Wilson next because, you know, we have the Wilson and Wilsons. Alave's with Winston, William Jameson Williams with Jared Goff, Jahan Dotson with Carson Wentz. Um, so any of the first five guys, it's like they all have quarterback questions. I really hope the Falcons take a quarterback here at 38. That would be beautiful if the guy I wanted at eight was available at 38 or 40, wherever their pick is. I think they're the eighth pick of this upcoming round. It's hard to get a full evaluation until the NFL draft is done, obviously, because we don't know. If they pick a quarterback here, he might be the quarterback of the future. And I like when the two, when the quarterback and the wide receiver get picked together in the same draft class because then they come in, they have that camaraderie, they got the chemistry forever. Forever. You know, it's a cute little pairing. Um, but I think what would also be nice, yeah, we take Malik Willis here at 40, or we don't and we run it with Mariota. And we win four games next year, three games next year, and we get one of the first picks, and we can get Bryce Young or Stroud, and uh, and things get sexy in Atlanta real quick. Okay, we had another weapon, we got him, one of those two at the quarterback position, and it's gonna be good. And by this time next year, we'll have figured out a quarterback situation, either by the end of this draft or the end of the first round of next year's. And by that time, Drake London will still just be twenty-one years old. So there's nothing not to love about Drake London. If you're like, I don't like the situation, you're literally just looking at one. You're like, this, we don't play Dynasty the same way we play redraft, people. Okay? Grow up. Grow up. Garrett Wilson about to have to grow up. He's coming to the Big Apple. New York Jets take him 10 overall. They've been saying all offseason that they're one piece away, that they think internally they're one piece away from having this offense be a thing. They had Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, Michael Carter. They've been building the old line. Zach Wilson. They tried for Tyreek, didn't work. Tried for Debo, didn't work. Nothing's working out here. But they drafted Garrett Wilson, and that is a fucking beautiful consolation prize. Stud out of Ohio State. 
he was picked to be the number one here. Do not get it twisted. Elijah Moore, he's great and all, but they need an alpha, and they just got it in Garrett. It'll be interesting to see how they deploy them because I think they're similar in play styles in that they're both very, very, very versatile. More surprisingly, you know, I thought he was going to be a little bit more of a slot player last year coming into the league. He was the opposite of that. He ran 73% of his routes out wide for the Jets last year. 73%. That's a high fucking clip. Okay. So you start to ask yourself, does Wilson play in the slot more? Because he's not he's not coming off the field on, on two wide receiver sets. You don't pick someone 10th overall to do that shit. Don't play that shit, New York. So you ask yourself, you know, who comes off the field? Most likely Davis. Is it Elijah Moore? Does Elijah Moore get hurt? A little bit in terms of, of, of play volume. When they go into two wide receiver sets, who becomes the, the two guys? You'd like to just say Corey Davis, but Corey Davis was pretty fucking good on the outside last year um, before he got hurt. But that's probably the most likely scenario. Does it hurt Elijah Moore? Of course it fucking hurts Elijah Moore. I'm so sick and tired of people being like, this helps. The, the, we drafted someone who plays your exact fucking role and who's better than you, but it helps you for some made-up fucking narrative of how, of how, how the spacing is better. Like, bitch, you're not a fucking protractor. Stop talking about spacing. I don't give a fuck about space. Okay? Elijah Moore hurts the ceiling. Is he still going to be a good dynasty player? Sure. Is he... Like the high upside ceiling play that maybe we were taking back wide receiver two, early wide receiver three, probably not anymore. I think him and Amon Ra now have pretty similar arguments against them with these two early first round wide receivers being picked. I think Elijah Moore's case is difficult because I think Elijah Moore, I would rather have Elijah Moore than Amon Ra, I think, in terms of who I think is a better wide receiver overall. But Wilson plays way more Elijah Moore's role, and Wilson is more likely to be like a, he's a safer play. He's a safer pick to be an alpha in an offense. So with uh, Garrett Wilson, he is my two right now. He's pegged in as my two right behind London. Next pick off the board. This is pretty fucking cool. Two wide receivers in a row off Ohio State. Pick 10 and 11. So you have Chris Olave going out 111. Wide receiver to the Saints. So they traded up to move up here. I was so sure they were going with Jameson Williams. I was so fucking sure of it. That actually would have been kind of fun to see J-Mo and J-Mo and J-Mo just not give a fuck about anything. Jameson Williams would have been running sprints. Sprint. He was getting hit workouts minutely in the NFL next year if, if, uh, if he got picked by the Saints. James Winston would have been chucking that shit up. But he goes to New Orleans. Chris Olave does. I'm going to be honest. I can't stop getting more and more. I, I keep getting more and more excited about Chris Olave. Like the more, uh, I, the more I think about it, the more I just watch him as a player. I love the pairing with, uh, with James Winston. It's hard to project what this offense is going to be because Michael Thomas will, you know, supposedly be back on the field for New Orleans next year. Um, and he'll be the one. And, you know, I've been comping Alave to Tyler Lockett for the, the last few months. And I've always said, like, you know, you don't want to run your passing game through this guy, but he can be the wide receiver one if need be. But he's much better as a high, high, high-end wide receiver two. 
And that's what we're going to get out of him with Michael Thomas as the one there. And Alave, a little bit more of like a deep threat there too. He's got that speed, 4-3-6. He can make plays downfield. Uh, I think this was just a good-ass pick. I think it was just a pick that you make, like Drake London, that just gets your team better. You're just a better offense by taking Chris Alave. I think I Loki, I think he's you know I think he's a dark horse to lead this group of fantasy wide receivers in points in their rookie year. I think we could see him going 70 for 800 and 800 to 900 yards, six touchdowns like right off the rip. I can see him having a bunch of like you know six for 90 in a touchdown games this year. And that them shits add up. So I, I really like Chris Olave. He is still not going to be pegged in as my wide receiver three yet. We will, you know, we'll recap the rankings I have right now through these seven guys at the end of the video. But for right now, I really, you know, I just like the the landing spot. There wasn't a lot of spots that I wouldn't have liked for Chris Olave, to be honest with you. Um, but I like I like the Saints a lot. The next pick. So we had just this fucking run of wide receivers. Jameson Williams, Detroit traded up. I believe they gave away the 32 and the 38 or something like that to Minnesota to grab the 112, and they grabbed Jameson Williams. Absolute fucking shredder from Alabama. Um, couldn't get on the field at Ohio State his first two years, but they don't give a fuck. They saw what he did this last year, and they said he's going to be the game changer. You know, there was uh, a few teams reportedly rumored to have loved this kid, Jameson Williams, and... uh and they were one of them, clearly, okay? Game-changing alpha is probably the way that they're looking at a kid like Jameson Williams, right? He might be a little bit thin, but he's 6'1", 6'2", whatever. That's, I'm, I'm not concerned about the size at all. And Detroit's putting together a nice little, nice little offense here of playmakers, man. They got Jameson Williams. I'm on Ross St. Brown. You know, you might you might laugh at DJ Chark, but when you use your wide receiver three, I mean that's that's not a bad not a bad spot to be in. TJ Hawkinson, DeAndre Swift, the pieces are there for anybody but Jared Goff to succeed. You know, it's not it's not a very wired statement of me to tell you that it might take uh, Jared Goff leaving for Jameson Williams' breakout to uh to happen, but this is a fantastic building block piece that has a ton of upside in it, man. And on paper, they have this this they're starting to put together an offense with a lot of versatile pieces that can beat you all over the field um and a, a near impossible to stop offense when they get the right piece it's like on paper they got it however in order to write it on paper they need a pen and Jared Goff is like the pen and he's fucking out of ink you know that's a horrible horrible comparison or metaphor but y'all get the point um could we see a Jameson Williams Bryce Young reuniting next year it could happen. I, I, I think those two quarterbacks, Shroud and Young, are going to go off the board one and two probably. I don't think the Lions are going to be that bad. I don't think they're going to be bad enough to lock in a top two spot pick. I think what they did this year was build a really strong foundation for the franchise. You know, They might not have been as, as talented, but I think they're going to win enough games not to be in the top two. So we'll see what happens at the quarterback position. Maybe they take someone in this round, even though now they don't have their 32 or 38, which – you know, they could end up with Malik Willis or someone else that they like in this class here. Um, what does it mean for Amon Ra? Same thing I was saying with Elijah Moore, man. Uh, people continue to push a narrative of that helping somebody. We're just going to see more volatility out of these players, right? When more talented players come into the mix and they require volume, he's a number 12 overall pick. 
They're slotting him in as the one. That, that's how the fucking NFL draft works. Okay. And I understand they play very, very different roles. Last year, Amon Ra averaged 10.1 yards per reception with an A dot of 6.97. Jameson Williams, 19.9 yards per reception with an A dot of 14.5. So basically, everything Amon Ra did, yards per reception, 10, averaged up the throw, seven. Williams doubled last year in college, 20 and 14 and a half. He was the peak, the elite, the creme de la creme, deep target in college football last year. Um, so, yeah, man, it just – I think with Amon Ra, he'll be a mid to low-end wide receiver three in fantasy. Uh, in dynasty, this might be an unpopular opinion. I'm not really sure what the public feels right now. I would probably rather own Jameson Williams than I would Amon Ra St. Brown. I'm still a little bit – listen, Amon Ra was awesome at the end of last year, and this could come back to just absolutely slap me in the face. But a lot of it was volume-driven – Without TJ Hawkinson on the field, DeAndre Swift was hurt. Now you had Jameson Williams and DJ Chark. I just I just don't know what we're gonna get from Amon Ross St. Brown in terms of any sort of ceiling. I feel like Williams becomes a ceiling play in this offense. So I, I think I would lean towards Jameson Williams. Next up, we got Jahan Daltsin. Washington takes him at 16. The fucking commandos. I feel like they should have just been the commandos instead of the commanders. Way fucking swag your name. Way more juice. I'm not going to lie. I fucking hated this pick for Washington. I really do. It was a reach, dude. Um, and I like Dotson. Uh, you guys have not heard me say anything bad about Dotson on this channel. I like him, but I think with your first pick, like you're in the first half of the first round of the NFL draft, you should be targeting someone like the Lions who think they just drafted a game changer, someone who changes their entire offense. That's not what Jahan Dotson is. As hyped as we like to get about every single rookie, Jahan Dotson at the end of the day is like a nice wide receiver to supplementary piece in an offense. He's a he's a wide receiver two behind Terry McLaurin. He's not better than Terry McLaurin. He won't be better than Terry McLaurin. I just think with the 16th overall pick, you go with someone that changes you. You get one of these picks each year. It changes your fucking offense, you know, or changes your team. I think they should have went elsewhere. Um does that, I don't know if that means they should have drafted Traylon Burks. I just mean in general, there's probably other players, maybe at other positions that have higher upside, whatever. I just, uh, you know, even with this draft capital, like I'm not considering him in, in that tier of the other guys of the four that went above him and the Traylon Burks we'll talk about in a second. I just, I'm not going to have appeal for him in, in season long leagues. He'll end up being an early rookie draft super flex. He'll go probably back of the first still like one, uh, 111, 112, just because quarterbacks are out of the first round. So they're not like that appealing in rookie drafts anymore. We're not seeing any, we haven't seen any running backs go, but obviously this is going to be the big night. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? 
Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. And then tomorrow night for running backs, we'll see how many go in day two. But I wouldn't get my hopes too, too high up on running backs tonight either. So uh, Dotson might move up rookie drafts simply because he got the draft capital and he was kind of pushed up boards. But I'm not I'm not I'm not very excited about this for the, the, the commandos and Mr. Dotson. Two picks later, we have Traylon Burks. Now, this is where shit gets crazy. So they trade away A.J. Brown to the Eagles, which we'll talk about after we talk about the rookies. And they say, okay, we get rid of A.J. Brown. We don't want to pay the contract. What do we do? We just draft the next A.J. Brown. Now, Traylon Burks gets drafted by Tennessee and immediately becomes like – we were talking about Drake London – it's a similar situation to Drake London where he's slotting in among guys who are borderline NFL talent. Probably not even. It's just like we have to, you know, it's a, we're going to get penalized. We're going to have to pay 10K a day if we don't have wide receivers on our roster. That's the type of fucking filling roster spots they're doing out here in Tennessee and Atlanta. And Traylon Burks goes into a spot where he's going to get an insane amount of volume. And sure, Robert Woods got traded to Tennessee, but Robert Woods is also 30 years old coming off an ACL tear, man. His his best days are behind him for sure. Uh, for redraft, I will... For redraft, Burks very likely the wide receiver one among rookies. The volume is simply too high. He's too much of a splash play guy to not have an impact immediately. Like, he's going to get too many chances to make big plays just because that's the situation he's in. For dynasty, however... I think Burks still has, just because of the player he is, has more bust potential than Drake London or Garrett Wilson. So I'm going to take those guys over him. But he's still a top-tier pick in this year's class. They obviously believe in him. They think he'd be the next A.J. Brown. That was a comp that I had for him for a long time, too. But as of right now, it's going to be London. It's going to be Wilson. It's going to be Kenny Pickett. It's going to be... um. Burks after him among the seven that were picked so far. He's got the he's got the best landing spot. But yeah, I, it's funny because like Tannehill is the only proven quarterback among these rookie wide receivers. But betting on like a short term quarterback situation is not very smart. And like super ironically, the exact reason that you want to draft him right now is because he's with Tannehill is the exact reason that people didn't want to draft A.J. Brown when he got drafted by Tennessee. Remember that in rookie drafts where he was wildly talented, but he dropped to the end of the first because you know it was Mar- it's all full circle. Fucking Mariota up in Atlanta. It was either Mariota or Tannehill, and we didn't believe in the quarterback situation, and you faded it because of that. I think we might be doing the same thing with Traylon Burks here if you're going to put him at you know the one. Some trippy shit, man. Some trippy-ass shit. Sheesh. Okay, so two picks later, we had the last offensive player go off the board. That was Mr. Kenny Pickett, quarterback, Pittsburgh, the only quarterback to go in the first round. 
Uh, at number 20, Kenny Pickett was the latest first quarterback drafted since Jim Drunkenmiller in 1997. Jim Drunkenmiller. That dude would have got a fucking max deal from Miller Lite if he had been around in the NIL. In the NIL, great times that we live in today. Jim Drunkenmiller. What a time to be dead. This is a great landing spot for Kenny Pickett, man. Most rookie quarterbacks tend to get drafted. If you're the first quarterback off the board, it's typically early. You're getting drafted into a toxic-ass situation, either a toxic coach, either a, a toxic offense or a toxic scheme or, or no weapons or a very toxic offensive line. They obviously need to improve their offensive line, right? Pittsburgh's offensive line, not good. Not good for the program. But Pickett, low-key, one of Pickett's most admirable traits is that he is he's underratedly athletic. He's underratedly mobile in the pocket. He's not a he's not a running quarterback by any means. I don't think anyone fucking thinks that. But he is his footwork is good in the pocket to escape. He's good at throwing on the run. He's a really strong arm, and that helps when you're throwing on the run, right? So you're not throwing ducks. So he'll be he is 50 times more mobile than whatever you would consider Ben last year. Ben was borderline paralyzed in the pocket. Okay. Pickett brings way more mobility. And he'll have to use it, man. So he goes to Pittsburgh where they have, one, just a great franchise, a great offense, a great head coach, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Najee Harris, Pat Fryermuth. Like, of course, again, they got they to upgrade the offensive line, but they have the pieces in place not to fuck up this guy's mental. That's where a lot of rookie quarterbacks go off the fucking deep end. You put them in these toxic-ass situations, and they can't adapt because there's so many moving parts, so many ugly moving parts that you're trying to fix everything at once. He doesn't need to fix everything at once. He just needs to play solid quarterback, and that's what he's going to do. He, he ain't a stranger to throwing on the run, all right? I think that's something we'll see translate immediately. Speaking of immediately, I think, like, ugh, becomes a question, is he the starter? Because he's in that draft capital range at pick 20 where it's not a sure thing, right? If you're, if you're, I mean, realistically, I guess it's never a short thing because Trey Lance, you know, fucking top five pick, didn't play at all this year. For the most part, you're getting on the field pretty immediately if you're a top five, 10, 12, 15 ish pick. Once you get past that, it's more like a value pick. The team maybe likes one guy or something like that. That's where he's at. However, if Mitch fucking Trubisky is enough to keep you off the field, then you probably weren't worthy of a first-round quarterback selection to begin with. Pickett was in college forever, okay? Literally forever. He's the most pro-ready of the quarterbacks that were coming out in this class. That's because he's about to be 24 years old, right? These are not positives, right, realistically, in Dynasty. But they're a case to be made as to why he's getting on the field quickly. 24 fucking years old. So, yeah, I think he finds the field rather quickly. I don't think they want a Brandon Whedon situation where your first chance of giving your first round pick some playtime is at age like 27, right? No, it doesn't even have fucking Obamacare anymore. Obamacare is still a thing. I don't even have fucking insurance. I have some shit ass health insurance. My health insurance plan is straight up called cat the catastrophic plan. I only got it because my mom was like, you have to have, I'll kill you if you don't have it. I'm like, that's ironic as fuck, mom. You're gonna kill me if I don't have health insurance. Doesn't that prove my point? She's crazy as hell. Um, so I was a fan of Pickett before the NFL draft. I think he's going to be good in the NFL. Everyone and their mother just says he doesn't have a ceiling. I 
I like Kenny Pickett, man. I do. So fuck you if you don't like Kenny Pickett. He's the one on three for me right now. And he should be the first quarterback off the board in rookie drafts. The fact that Malik Willis slipped out of the first round kind of tells you what the NFL thinks about him. All right. They think he's an inaccurate quarterback. They think he's a project. They think he's one of the two. So Kenny Pickett, good situation, good player, in my humble ass opinion. He's the one on three for me. So that is my rankings. Let me uh, see if I could throw this up on the screen. So my rankings, again, will be updated real time. Uh, they will be up in our rookie draft guide a couple days after the NFL draft pops off. In order to get the rookie draft guide, you just got to download prize picks, scan the QR code up here, or use the link in the description. When you deposit $10 on there and you use the promo code BDG, you're going to get 100% deposit match. So you can deposit up to 100 bucks. And you'll have $200 in your account. So you get to play with all that money on prize picks, but you get our rookie draft guide for free, which are in-depth write-ups on every fantasy-relevant rookie, as well as our rookie rankings. Okay? So go to prizepicks.com. Go do the tang. And go fuck it up. Uh, okay, let's talk some trades then. Oh, I didn't even put the fucking rankings on the screen, did I? No. Uh, these are my current rankings right now. Post-NFL draft. First round. Drake London. He's our one. Garrett Wilson's our two. Kenny Pickett is our three. These are rookie super flex rankings. Traylon Burks, four. Chris Olave, five. Jameson Williams, six. Jahan Dotson, seven. If I could have put in a space in between Jahan Dotson and Jameson Williams that went down to the bottom of my screen, I would have. Not that technically sound, though. Okay. There you done have it. Let's move down to the trades. All right. So A.J. Brown moves over to Philadelphia. He gets the extension as well. Four years, about 100 milli. In my humble opinion, this is a downgrade to A.J. Brown in all formats. He had less target competition in Tennessee. He had a more accurate quarterback. Same offensive situation where they were both very, both very run heavy. Both are still very run heavy. Um. In Dynasty, I just think it moves him out of the tier in which you could argue him up in that like elite tier. You know, not like Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, but a good, a good ass season. He's one really good season away in Tennessee from being in that conversation. Like AJ Brown goes off for 1,500 yards this year in Tennessee. If he stays healthy for a full year, which is another concern on the, for another fucking time, if he stays healthy, goes for 1,500 this year, he's in the conversation with those guys. No doubt fucking about it. I just don't see that having any chance of happening in Philly. Um, it's a killer for Devontae Smith. It really hurts Devontae Smith because I, I, they're going to be two. It's going to be a great combo. Like if you're a Philly fan, you're fucking, obviously you're pumped. If you're a Tennessee fan, you're borderline suicidal today. You're like one good thing going for you. And it was AJ Brown. Yeah. Derek Henry was like 30 coming off this foot injury. AJ Brown was like the thing you build your entire fucking franchise around. You build your entire economic upside in Tennessee, in Nashville, around A.J. Brown, and then you just move him? What is this? What are you doing? So it hurts Devonta Smith a lot, right? Like, I think you just, I think you end up drafting him around where you drafted him last year. We'll probably see a lot of the same volatility that we saw last year where it was really tough to start him week over week. 
because AJ Brown comes in and commands a 26% target share off the rip and an offense that doesn't throw the ball that much, you know, the volume gets scarce out here. We're eating each other for volume. It's a massive up. Jalen Hurts might straight up be the biggest winner of the draft because he was the quarterback seven last year in fantasy and points per game. And now you add AJ Brown, man. And I'm not going to put him in that first tier of QBs, you know, like the Josh Allens and the Mahomes and those guys, because that's just like irresponsible. But a- after that tier, man, he is like the first guy you should be looking at. He is the first guy in fantasy you need to be looking at. And, you know, if, if the Eagles plan to move on from Hurts, it, it ain't going to be this year. So if you're a dynasty guy, like big win for this offseason. They learned how to win with him last year, man. Um, they pivoted. They, they went. This is a piece from uh, Dwayne McFarlane. This image that's not even on the screen, but I'll read off for y'all. Over the last 11 games of the season, the Eagles ran the ball more than any other team, opting for the run in all game scripts. Eagles rushing splits by game script versus the NFL average over the last 11 games. Trailing by four or more points, above 14%. So this is based on the NFL average in these game scripts, how much higher percentage-wise they were in terms of being run heavy. Trailing by four or more points, above 14%. Within three points, above by 10%. Leading by four or more points, above 16%. Didn't fucking matter. They were running the ball and running the ball and running the ball. And they went 6-2 and to end the season. Got them into the playoffs. If you don't think they're coming in with that same fucking game plan and attack, you're a fucking moron. Um, So, yeah, man, Jalen Hurts is going to be a problem next year. A.J. Brown, I think he's like a low-end wide receiver, one that, it, it kind of puts him in that category with like him and Tyreek Hill, you know, where it's like, you know, no one's arguing against their talent. I'm not going to waste my fucking time talking about that, but the situation is kind of sus, man. It's sus. We don't know what to think of the quarterbacks. We don't know what to think of the offense. All we know is that the talent is going to be there, but talent doesn't always translate to efficiency. You know, I'm talking about efficiency plus volume. If you know one, you have a really good read on how fantasy seasons tend to play out. We don't know what their volumes are going to be. We don't know what their efficiency is going to be, right? Like talent, again, does not equal efficiency. Accuracy from a quarterback will equal efficiency. Doesn't mean volume. But we don't know if either of these quarterbacks are really that accurate. So it's a lot of red flags there for both of these guys if you're overdrafting them, okay? Um, so it makes you hard to trust him as a wide receiver one in a redraft. I still probably think he... You know, probably gets drafted low end wide receiver one. And I'm okay with that. I think I had him as like wide receiver nine or 10 pre draft. It was right underneath like Diggs, Debo, CD Lamb, I think were like six, seven, eight. And then Brown was there. And then I think you start to wonder like, you know, AJ Brown or like DeAndre Hopkins if you think he's going to have a bounce back here. And I do. I personally do. And I actually think on prize picks right now, prize picks has season long props up right now, which is fucking fire. I'm going to put this up. We're going to hit these two. And I wanted to talk about these in a, in a video next week too. So if you, if you threw $10 into your prize picks account to get the draft guide, here's the first fucking play I would tell you to do. DeAndre Hopkins, 1,150 receiving yards for this upcoming year. Brandon Cooks, 950 receiving yards. I'd hit the over on both of these fucking dudes. Cooks is a 1,000-yard receiver every single year outside of, like, one in the last six years. Even last year, 
We have 17 games. Hopkins is a 1,400-yard receiver if he's healthy. I don't know what we're doing here. But we're nailing the over on both these guys on prize picks right now. This is season-long props. They got them up there. All right? So, Hollywood gets moved to Arizona. This is fucking interesting. He reunites with Kyler out there in Arizona. They played together in college in Oklahoma. Uh, they were great together in college. The last big year, Hollywood had 75 catches, over 1,300 yards, 10 touchdowns back in 2018. The way I'm looking, this is an L for ho- Hollywood's value in fantasy. Um, I think it probably makes him safer for longer because it's more stability in the situation. Like I would, I would, my opinion, I would rather have Kyler throwing my fantasy wide receiver the ball than Lamar long term. Maybe some of you disagree. But the thing was, in in Baltimore, they allowed him to operate as the alpha for a long time, target wise. Like any, they just allowed him to to be the guy there. That won't be the case in Arizona. All right, he won't get that type of treatment. I think it'll be a yearly like eight hundred fifty to nine hundred fifty yard guy. I really think this actually makes him a safer play. I think we know what we're going to get out of Marquise Hollywood Brown now. Um, so to me, he's not a guy I'm like necessarily targeting. I think it hurts his value overall just because I don't think he has the ceiling that he might have had in uh, Baltimore as the alpha. It definitely hurts Rondell Moore. I mean, they clearly don't see this guy as being the wide receiver two there. You don't you don't make the trade if if, if you think Rondell Moore takes the, the number two spot there. I have very little interest in him this year. Uh, probably have very little interest in him in Dynasty anymore, honestly. If I can move him for an early second, would definitely do it. Um, outside of best ball, like you're – I yeah, Rondell is – goodbye. Um, the biggest impact here, of course, is for Rashad the God Bateman. I was all in on Rashad last year, and my dynasty shares are they're char- they they woke up with morning wood today, okay, and he gets to operate as the one now in Baltimore because you look at the wide receivers in Baltimore right now. It's Bateman, it's Devin Duvernay, James Prochet. Tylen Wallace, Jalen Moore, Benjamin Victor. This is the last guy's name is fucking Benjamin. It's not Benjamin. It's Benjamin. B-I-N-J-I-M-E-N. Another fake name. What's rookie time? This time of the year is nuts. You do start doing research. You get back end depth charts, fake names. Start doing research on small school guys, fake schools they're playing against. Alcorn State, Benjamin University. What the fuck is this? It's like the whole world's playing a game on me right now. But Bateman, man, you love to see it. Bateman's going to eat this year. He is fully capable of being a number one on the outside. He is a route-running savant. He's a winner of thy route. Um, Love Bateman right now. Dynasty-wise, much rather have Bateman than Hollywood Brown for sure going forward. Um, Yeah, it's a pretty sexy spot for Bateman. So how are we feeling right now? Did y'all see the Rams interview? Yeah, when they were making fun of the Patriots pick. That was pretty funny. Prize picks, facts. 
Nick sent sent a new trade, you coward. You out want my 2024. Oh, we got multiple trades coming in this motherfucker right now. Schumer, so why you guys keep sending me 2024 fourths? I don't want or first. I don't want 2024. I'm trying to play now. I'm trying to play now, dog. I get two. I get the eight and the nine. You get the 103. Let me think about that. Nick, what's the move in New York this weekend? So, um, the move, we're going to be fucking at the HQ watching the draft for the next 72 hours. Draft weekend's tough. It's tough on my psyche. I had trade offers hit me up for both Chark and Bateman during the draft last night. Right now, dude, get the fuck rid of Chark. What the fuck are you holding on to Chark for? Bateman overreacting hype probably going to make him too expensive, but it'll be solid. Now he'll be the goat. Any second round hot takes? Yeah, Atlanta gets uh, Malik Willis at eight, and then Brees Hall and their second pick in the second round. Not a hot take; it's a fact. Listen, my prediction of what Atlanta's offense is going to look like by the end of the draft can still happen. Malik Wills to Sean Watson in a quarterback battle this summer. Brees Hall is our starting running back. Our wide receiver one is Debo Samuel. Our wide receiver two is Calvin Ridley after a successful appeal. Our wide receiver three is Jalen Tolbert. Oh, we already took Drake, Drake London. So we'll flip that. We'll put London at the at the one Debo at the two, Calvin Ridley at the three. We're fucking out here. Still all possible. Whew. All right, y'all. Um, I got to get up out of here. We're We're going to be running off the stream again tonight. So make sure that you uh, that you tap in, you tune in seven o'clock tonight. We'll be kicking off live. We might go earlier. Uh, we might start off a little bit earlier, do a little pregame show, talk about our favorite bets to make, some bold predictions. Um, so man, maybe six thirty, six thirty tonight Eastern time. We'll have uh, the link up in here. All right, love y'all. Thank you for sticking around. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding 
or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.